Hello, all, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we're going to be reviewing A24's newest film, Men. All right, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for men? This should be interesting. (laughs) Sure. A young woman goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. Okay. All right. They keep it pretty, pretty under wraps as far as what all transpires. Yeah. I mean, some of the word choices in here, I'm like... Did you actually watch the movie? Because I'm not sure that I would consider this a solo vacation. I maybe would have labeled it just a little differently. <laughs> yes. Uh, her hopes of a solo vacation are yeah. not come to fruition. All right. No. Your one sentence summary for men. Mine is a PSA about the effects of gaslighting brought to you by Apple. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's so much gaslighting in this movie. It is awful. There the is. worst. There is. And then there's just a lot of Apple product usage, which mm-hmm. I'm not mad at because I'm an Apple person. Yeah. But uh, there was there was just a lot. When she pulled out her AirPods to have a conversation mm-hmm. about finances because she was, quote, unquote, working, I went, Oh, man. Okay, this is some very clear product placement we have going on here. (laughs) Yes. I had the thought when she was on FaceTime, like, in 50 or 60 years, I wonder if this will feel Mm. so outdated and just like a legacy technology system. Like, what will? how will we be communicating with our sisters and our family members by then? Gosh, that's just a terrifying thought. (laughs) Who knows what technology will be by then? Mm -hmm. Yep. Or maybe we'll have just gone full circle and just, like, screw technology. Let's only have face-to-face conversations. Wow, what a thought. What a thought. That would be glorious. Yes, I would like that a lot. Write letters. Yes. Carrier pigeon. Yes, I'm I'm here for it. Yes. We boycott planes. We just sail by ship. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seeing as I'm not near a body of water, that might be a little inconvenient. (laughs) But I'm down. First, you have to take your horse and carriage to get to the Mm, coast to then get on the ship. Got it. Yes. Okay. This is like a several month adventure. Yeah, it it sure (laughs) is. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, My one sentence summary is Eve would like a refund for her peaceful countryside vacation, please. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so let's start off with our initial thoughts on men, and uh, we won't include any spoilers in this section, and then we'll do our spoiler and have full reign over this movie. All right, what were your initial thoughts of men? It's be hard to talk about without spoiling too much, but general <laughs> overview of your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I uh, This is one of those movies that I, I have mixed feelings about. Um I had a really good time with probably like 90% of the movie. Um, And then like the last 10 minutes or so, I went, hmm, I don't know that I like this anymore. And we'll get into that. Um, But it's also one that the more that I've sat with and the more that I've thought about it, the less that I've liked it, which is unusual. Usually that happens the other way around. Yeah. Um, So I'm still trying to like piece together the parts of it that, like really bothered me. Um, and so we'll 
talk about that, I'm sure. But I mean, I'm a big fan of Alex Garland, great director, strong storyteller, you know, beautiful, you know, visuals, great ideas. And so we see a lot of that here. It's a beautiful movie. The score is phenomenal. Uh, Jesse Buckley is great in this. My goodness. Uh, she's so good. So there's so much good in this, but I don't, I, I didn't love it. You know, I've, I've loved Ex Machina. I enjoyed Annihilation, his previous two movies that he wrote and directed. And so maybe I had too high of hopes for men, um, but I don't feel like he really like nailed the landing with men like he did in some of his other movies. So when we get into spoilers, we can get into to details, but yeah, mixed, mixed feelings about men. Hmm. I'm intrigued to unpack more about, uh, as you sat with it, why your interest in it has waned a little bit, because that is a fascinating thing. Like as you've thought to back to more of the details of it, um, what parts are no longer sitting well with you? It's fascinating. Uh, I think that there's more that men could have done. And I think that the first half of this movie was really exciting. I think this is a really interesting premise. Um, clearly, there, Alex Garland has a lot of uh, big ideas that he's trying to communicate, and he does so through these filmmaking tactics in a really interesting way. I think around midway through the movie, I am waiting for it to continue to push those ideas or complicate them or create more tension in them um, to get us to think beyond just what is happening at face value, which I think after the first half of this film are kind of obvious. And so uh, the way that this movie ends, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about. Um, it's not the ending that I was looking for, but I've reflected on if that's because it's just not the ending I was I was wanting and that there is a clear uh, perspective that this movie is delivering to us with the way tonally, uh, from a plot perspective, this movie chooses to wrap up. And there's a journey that our main character, played by Jesse Buckley, goes on. And I guess I just wanted a different ending for her. And the one that we get feels... Uh, like this acceptance of a reality that I did not want to accept. So I was hoping for something different. And I've had to unpack if I didn't like this ending because of that or if there's other reasons for it. So that's been interesting to reflect on. But um, in general, I think the first half of this movie is really strong. Uh, the way that we get to encounter the different uh personalities and characters that Jesse Buckley encounters in this. And um, I wanted it to push a little bit more and give us more to chew on and dive into um, as far as the meanings that it's looking to communicate. So I wanted a little bit more um, from this journey that we go on. It's very strong, overall very strong. I think the first half is stronger than the second half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think one of my, my biggest complaints is that I just, I wanted more. I, I think that there wasn't a depth to the characters and we can get into that, but also a depth to like the meaning, like it's so imagery heavy, so metaphorically heavy. Uh, 
and I struggle with metaphors, but I'm like, I know all of these things are supposed to mean something, but it almost felt like there was just imagery without meaning or metaphors without meaning. And that is kind of bothersome to me because why go through all of the trouble of putting all of these things in here if it's not going to amount to anything? So I, I think the the premise is amazing. I agree with you. The first half of the movie is phenomenal. Um, I just wished that there was a little bit more meat there than we actually get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I also think that the the way that the movie handles flashbacks to events that have happened previously in our main character's life and, you know, I guess the the, the IMDb summary alludes to this, but the way that everything happened and those conversations with her ex-husband, um, I think create a, a little bit more of this like face value perspective for us on what's happening in the present in her uh, interactions with the different people that she meets along the way. And I think perhaps there could have been more subtlety there or that that uh, revelation of her past and her experiences um, with this man in her life and mirroring that growing tension and growing revelation throughout the course of the movie could have also been a little bit more interesting. We almost get too much information too fast. And then I found myself a little bit, you know, losing interest and losing engagement, a little bit bored towards the second half, because I feel like I get what this movie's trying to do. Um, the, the ending scene happens, which, uh, is not what I was expecting. So that was interesting, but I think that middle to, you know, nearly the end of the, the movie, there's, there's not much more that I think we learn and are grappling with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a bunch of like weirdness that. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, that's it. Like, yeah, it was yeah. suspenseful. Yeah. And, you know, really beautifully shot and, you know, good acting work. But yeah, there wasn't as much meaning there as I think there could have been. And by by the end, I think I was more frustrated than anything else. Like I just wanted the movie to be over. Like it's like you said, like I get it. I, I understand what's happening. Okay, if you're not gonna do anything more, like I just want to be done. Uh, which again is not kind of the feeling that you want at the end mm-hmm. of the movie. You want to be fully engaged, but yeah, I think I think the story definitely could have used some help along the way. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Let uh, us include our, our spoiler alert now. So if you haven't seen Men, it is still available to watch out in theaters. Uh, we recommend checking it out before listening to the rest of this episode. All right. Should we talk about the ending? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Uh, wow. Unexpected. <laughs> this is not the ending that I was expecting this movie to have. I uh, was waiting for kind of this explosive ending, this this reckoning, uh, whether it's, you know, visually and from an action perspective uh, for shit to hit the fan, basically, or I was expecting our main character to have to grapple with the past trauma and um, pain that she's experienced with her ex-husband and somehow work through that in – relationship to these men that she has encountered over the course of this trip in some way, in some, as you mentioned, metaphorical way that she is able to work through 
or at least like really grapple with what has happened to her and the guilt that she's carrying and the way that she has been gaslighted in her previous relationship and somehow walk through that with these men that she's encountered. Because I think they're, you know, as we have talked about, um, the, the face value is that like these, all these men are just different variations of men in general that she's experienced in her life. And, uh, we don't get that. This, this movie ends with this almost somber, this tragic acceptance of this reality that it's almost like this is the way that men are. And she has just come to acceptance that this is, there's nothing that she can do to change this. And so this is something that she's going to live with and that will just be part of her world and our world in general. And I I hated that ending. (laughs) Um, Not necessarily for the way that it was executed. I think that is a interesting perspective that this movie takes, but more so uh, for this character that we have developed this bond with as the viewers. I, I just wanted her to have, more agency, more autonomy, more uh, effect over her own journey and also her understanding of her relationship to the men in her life. And that's not what we get with this. Mm -hmm. I'm curious your thoughts on the tone that this movie chooses to go with. Yeah, I have have the same complaint. Um, At at first – okay, so disclaimer – Anytime there's any sort of like birthing scene in a movie or a TV show, like I want to puke. And so I don't watch because it's just gross. Like, no, thank you. So this like extended birthing scene of like Rory Kinnears just spawning other Rory Kinnears was just so gross. So like... I'm sitting there, like, one eye on the screen, because I need to pay attention to this, but I'm also trying not to puke, because it's just so gross, and I can't handle it. So all of that is going on. But I'm also like, okay, this is a very interesting idea, you know, this idea Mm -hmm. that, you know, gaslighting and abuse is passed on from one person to another, from one man to another, from one generation to another, like, that's fascinating what an interesting idea and it is executed very very well like my goodness the the acting the the technical aspects the cinematography like wow what a feat to pull that off and i i really liked that idea but this is one of the parts that like as i've sat with it i've liked it less and less because it it almost leaves this like it just is what it is And there's nothing that we can do about it. Like gaslighting is just part of the male nature and there's nothing that can be changed. And I hate that because it's actually a choice. You know, I get get that our culture has accepted that and it's just part of what happens and it's happened for centuries. And I I love that the film points to to that kind of like macro reality that it's not just a few like quote unquote bad apples, but it's it's in the fabric of our society, but I hate that the film almost resigns us to just accepting it and that there's nothing that we can do to change this. And I didn't need this like overly hopeful ending where she like triumphs in the end or like what, like I didn't need that, but I just needed a glimmer of it doesn't have to be this way. You know, it's, it's not, 
built in, we can resist it. Um, and the film doesn't seem to be going there. And so like you, I was really disappointed with her just being like resigned to the fact that this is reality. And I, I get it. Like it is reality and lots of women have to deal with gaslighting. Lots of women deal with misogyny in various places. Lots of women deal with abuse, you know, and, but just because it's common doesn't mean it should be normalized. And I almost feel like that's where this film is going. And I just, again, the more that I've sat with this, the more that I dislike it. And it feels like this film was like starting to do something really, really interesting. And then just ended on such a, I don't know, unfortunate note. And it, uh, the longer I've thought about it, the less that I've liked it. <laughs> so this is one of the aspects that uh, did not sit well with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As I was leaving the theater, I just just thinking about what would this movie have done with its ending had it been directed and written by a woman? Yep. And, you know, like we, we don't want to over-index on um, creators needing to create the, the things that they have like only lived in their own experiences because that is very limiting and there's a lot of opportunity to tell the stories of others. But I just wondered if there would be more nuance or uh, more uh, complexity woven into an ending that could have taken a a similar tone. I, I think, I mean, I didn't love this ending. It's not what I was expecting and wanting, but there is an interesting perspective that this movie chooses to communicate by by giving our character this somber tragic acceptance of a reality that it accurately I think points to that this has been generations of the patriarchy passed down again and again but I wondered if there would have been just more nuance in the way that it chooses to communicate that that leaves us with a an understanding of what this movie is pointing to in our reality, but perhaps a a less, um, you know, blasé, like it is what it is and mm-hmm. we just have to deal with it type of tone. Like for some reason, both you and I have received that tone from the ending of this movie. And I wonder if a, had a woman created and written this story, there would have been more ways to mold that in a slightly different way that could have changed that uh, message that was received in the end. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not sure, because I've been racking my brain since I saw this movie of like what I would change. And I haven't been able to yeah. quite put my finger on it yet. And that's just bothersome to me. It's like a puzzle and I want to figure out how to solve it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it definitely left a, a bad taste in my mouth. And I I wonder if Riley showing up being pregnant was supposed to be be that maybe but the way that I read that was again negative you know I'm wondering like okay is she carrying a a boy which this film is positing will then become you know a gaslighter misogynist abusive whatever or is she carrying a girl that would be subject to this abuse you know so it was even this like because in movies like somebody who's pregnant is supposed to be like 
hope and life and new starts and all of these things in a movie. That's usually what it symbolizes. But in this case, I saw her and saw that she was pregnant and I went, oh crap, it's just going to get worse. Like the cycle continues. And that is, again, just a depressing way to end this movie. And I didn't need something like cheery and hopeful, but I, I didn't want something that was so down, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think that the 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 tragedy of that would have been okay for this. I would have been okay with that in this ending. I think it's the fact that we see Jesse Buckley fight for an hour and 40 minutes over the course of this movie, fighting against these men that are wanting something from her, needing something from her, demanding something from her. And it's almost like the, in the last moment when her ex-husband shows up and he says that all he ever wanted was her love, it, it feels she, – she seems to just tiredly give up and just, mm-hmm. okay. Like, and, I, and I've seen we've, – we've seen that so many times in uh, women who are wives and mothers and just exhausted and almost exhausted by the weight of responsibility – and just okay, whatever you want. Like I, the 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 lack of a will to continue to fight forward is, I think, what felt the most tragic. Is that we we see this woman uh, fight for so long, and then just have like no more will to fight because she has just been exhausted by all of the men that she has encountered. And that felt like a real real tragedy. And uh, it almost feels like we didn't make any progress over the course of this movie for this woman that we've grown to care about. Uh, she's almost in a worse place than when she started the movie where she um, was choosing to go on this trip for herself and find that peace. And she she doesn't get any of that. She just is almost more disillusioned and uh, more beat down than she was before the course of this movie started. Yeah. Yeah. I think so one of my other things that I, I didn't love about this movie is the character of Harper. Um, I, I wish that, that we had known more about who she is than we actually get to. Uh, Cause pretty much all that we know about her is that her husband died and we're not sure if he killed himself, if it was an accident, like whatever. Uh, we know that she has suffered through abuse we know she has this friend who she keeps calling, uh, maybe works in finance, question mark, has lots of Apple products, um, and then all of her interactions with these men. But we don't know like who she is as a person. Like All we know about her is this trauma that happened to her and the grief that she's experiencing. And I just kind of hate that this movie that's all about a woman being gaslit and trying to recover and we don't know anything about her. You know, she's been kind of just reduced down to her trauma. And so I wish that we had more of her character. We just, and I didn't need a lot. Like I didn't need to know a lot about her backstory, but I just wanted her to have more agency and I wanted a little bit more meat there. Uh, And the film does do a lot of good stuff with her. Like her exploration of grief is really interesting to me but I wanted there to be something other than just grief. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that also would have helped with, the, with how we receive the ending if we had more information about who she is as a person 
rather than just this event that happened to her that she's processing through. Yeah. Yeah. Like this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Oh, definitely not. No. <laughs> Which is fascinating <laughs> given the subject matter that's explored. Yeah. 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 I'm curious your thoughts about the function that the conversation she has with, I think it's her sister or her friend, um, that is interspersed throughout the course of a lot of the movie. I think it's significant that though that the movie chooses to give time over to those conversations. Um, part of it is to, you know, push the plot forward and give us more information about what's happening, but there's a lot of time that's spent in those conversations and this movie is only an hour and 40 minutes. And so it's using its precious time in those scenes. I'm curious your thoughts on what it contributed to the movie for you and um, the function that it serves in the movie. Yeah. I uh, honestly, my main thought was, wow, do people actually FaceTime this much? (laughs) (laughs) I do not FaceTime if anybody calls me to like with a FaceTime I'm like oh no decline like I'm not I'm not doing this um and so I was just really shocked that people would do this and I also like to me their relationship almost seemed like weirdly codependent and so I was trying to like psychoanalyze what was going on there um and then I think at some point I just got annoyed with those conversations you know, I, they, they were important in pushing the plot forward, you know, because it's a visual medium, we're able to like see things that we might not if it was just on a phone call, you know, all of that, it does a good job, you know, increasing the tension and things. Um, But yeah, I just, they didn't do a lot for me. And I just, I, I wondered, if that time could have been better spent on something else other <laughs> mm-hmm. than just showing people that Apple products can FaceTime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that we don't learn more about her like uh, through those conversations yeah. either. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think that there's one conversation in particular that she has over FaceTime that I thought was significant, which is the moment where Riley is telling her, you shouldn't leave. Like you came here to do something for yourself. This was supposed to be for you. And so there's all this like awful things happening with these men and whatnot that are kind of, um, uh, you know, intimidating for you, but you need to stay because this is, this was for you and we will not back down. And I, I thought there could have been something interesting around that theme of this trip, this home representing her claim to her own sense of independence and autonomy that could have been interestingly explored in the ending of this movie. We didn't get it, but uh, I thought that was a really interesting idea. I feel like I've heard women talk to each other a lot in those same like themes or um, same way. Like this is something that you want to do for you and you should protect and um, – you know, keep that, that thing, that space sacred, you know, and, you know, as women, I think a lot of times we are such givers, we give our time and our energy and our effort, um, to the point where we can often, you know, burn ourselves out. And, you know, you hear a lot of wives and moms and whatnot, and women just talk about how they need to take time for themselves. And I thought that that 
little conversation that they had just echoed a lot of those themes that are happening right now for women around um, taking care of themselves, creating space for self-care, all of that goodness. Um, I thought there could have been something interesting that could be explored there. But I thought that that specific conversation was was really interesting. As Again, as you mentioned, the metaphors are littered throughout. And I felt like this home, this trip was a metaphor for something larger that represented um, a bigger thing for for Harper. See, this is one of those moments where being (laughs) bad at metaphors really makes me have a different read of these things. Because when Harper was like, yo, I'm getting out, I was like, yes, girl, you get out, you speed out of there as quick as you can, because this is unsafe. Save yourself. And then her friend is like, no, you're going to stay. And I wanted to punch Riley in the face. I was like, this is terrible advice. You do not tell somebody who is in danger to stay in the freaking house. You tell her to run. Like, what is wrong with you? So the medical, this is good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Practical me is going, no, get your butt out. Like she is a bad friend. Do not take her advice. But metaphorically... (laughs) <laughs> right that, that we will not back sense. down um, we, that that's nice but I would still say it's an abusive situation you need to leave like I don't care that this is your like idyllic vacation it's clearly not idyllic anymore let's cut and run and we'll try again another day like <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I was just holding out hope that she would transform yeah. into like this badass fighter and just mm, yeah. Let, like keep keep her stake in the ground. I will not leave and be driven out of this. But practically I mean, speaking, we need friends like you that will be like, get get out of there. It was get it's in the just, car. It's unsafe. And then I was so upset that she leaves her phone when she's like walking around with her knife. I'm like, you're doing literally everything wrong, girl. Like, what is happening? I get that the phone only works like 50% of the time, but my goodness, don't leave it just sitting on a table. I was, I was very bothered by a lot of things. Like, But I get okay. it. She was in a panic and she had to react and it's all metaphors. And so it's it's fine. But this checks off a lot of the horror movie uh, stupidity. Like I was cracking up in the moment where I think the dude's outside her door and she has this, it's like, you know, it's a decently sized knife, but it's not really mm-hmm. that menacing. And she's like, don't come in. Uh, yeah. I have a weapon. Like, oh, okay, you're just provoking him. And now he's going to be even more pissed by the time he gets in here. So uh, you should run. It was also at that point when I was like, oh, it was really smart to set this in the UK because if it was set here in America, we would have had guns going off and like bullet holes and stuff. Like it would have been a very different movie had this been set in the U.S. So I'm very so glad true. that it was set in the U.K. because it it's a different type of horror that comes about. Mm. Yes, indeed, indeed. I just needed her to get a better weapon. There was an axe. Yes, there was. Your an attention axe. was brought to the fact that there was an axe. Indeed. Over Facetime when your friend pointed out. Yeah. Like let's go grab that thing. And she only grabbed one weapon. Only one. There were, I mean, we saw there were three knives on that cutting board. At least grab all three if you're not going to go for the axe. Like, I I don't know. I'd be loading up with as many weapons as I could. (laughs) You got, we put like some knives in your pocket. Absolutely. Connect to your belt. Yes. Yeah, you need to whip them out. 
Yes, I'm going to have a weapons tool belt ready to go. Come at me, creepy Rory Kinnear. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. One of the things that I, I loved that felt very intentional uh, that this movie did was the specific uh, roles that Rory Kinnear plays over the mm-hmm. course of this movie and different versions of the general concept of men. Uh, and it felt very intentional that we had a police officer, a yes. a person, you know, like a, a tiny child to, to represent so many of the different um, institutions or common relationships and expectations that we have on women that are oppressive. Um, you know, even the inclusion of that small child who just like wanted to play and when she wasn't willing to drop everything to go play with him calls her a stupid, you know, B word. And I just thought that each of those roles uh, was so intentionally designed and communicated so much. And I thought that was really smart to do. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really agree. Uh, I mean, everything from, you know, a landlord saying like, don't flush your tampons because we have a septic tank to, you know, a a police officer not believing her uh, when she reports a crime to the, the vicar trying to take advantage of her, you know, vulnerable position. Like all of it was so intentional and, and it was highly effective too. You know, that, that stretch of time, like we talked about in the, you know, first half, first two thirds of the movie, maybe even, uh, were so effective in getting to see the ways that all of these men in such different spheres of life uh, have used their position in a, in a negative way and have, yeah, disastrous results. Uh, Yeah, that was so interesting, those parts. And Rory Mm -hmm. Kinnear did a good job. You know, I think, some of them were more effective than others, but I think especially when he was the priest, uh, I man, oh. that was chilling. Yeah. Like he did a phenomenal job at being that creepy character. Uh, yeah. Oof. No, thank you. Oh, man. It was so good. It was so good. The, the chapstick scene killed oh, me. Oh, God. Yeah. But so well executed and highly uh, – uh, effective at what it was trying to convey in that one scene that then is a payoff for what happens later when he comes to the home, you know, like just mm-hmm. that, yeah. that little detail of preparation that that is where his mental space is at. And we see that payoff later. Uh, man. So good. I'm curious your thoughts on the hand that is sliced in half um, the, the the film was pretty intentional from a cinematography perspective about showing that hand uh, again and again on the different uh, iterations of uh, the men that come when they're inside the home. This is towards the second half of the film. And I don't have a good theory about what that represents, but I'm curious your thoughts on that and if that was noteworthy to you, that the camera seems to spend a lot of time making sure that we see that each man that comes has a hand split in half. Mm-hmm. I, I again, not good at metaphors. So <laughs> my only reading into it was 
that when James died, that hand was impaled and that hand was split in two. And so that was what I kept thinking about. And so I was like, I don't know, I guess the camera is just showing that over and over and over again. So we really, really get it that it's the same hand. But uh, that's, that's as far as I went with that. Mm, okay, that makes sense. So it is a maybe foreshadowing to the fact that yeah. in that final scene when, like, like you know, Rory Kinnear is birthing himself again and again, that the final man that's birthed out is the one that she um, had this clo- the closest relationship with and caused the most pain for her. Yeah, mm. and also just a, a callback to because we see him, you know, impaled. impaled ankle broken you know like we see all of that beforehand so while when it when the camera kept going back to that that's what I was like oh okay we're reminding of of the husband so yeah I that's as far as I went though I don't know if there was additional meaning I don't know (laughs) I just had a while that was happening I was like that probably means something but there's so much else going on right now that I don't have time to think about (laughs) yeah and that's kind of how I feel about this entire movie though like it almost <laughs> felt like they just put a bunch of symbolism in it and we're like okay audience make this into whatever you want which is i mean that's fine but i don't know it's a little nice when when your symbolism actually means something but i i feel like there was a lot of really beautiful or interesting creative choices like that's interesting ideas but I don't, I don't think a lot of them actually meant something to the viewers. And so then it kind of just ended up being something to go, huh, I wonder what that was supposed to mean instead of actually enhancing the film in any way. Mm, interesting. And that they – so there almost needed to be this like system or hierarchy of metaphors. I think, you know, as you were talking about the metaphors littered throughout this movie, Parasite does an incredible job of giving us the ones that are – obvious and that we can quickly pick up on, but yet there are these layers. There's this hierarchy of uh, deeper meanings and interconnectedness that is not so obvious beyond the ones that we get at face value. Um, Yeah. And we we touched on this earlier, but I think also having uh, those metaphors be complicated and then resolved with new meanings and new nuances woven into them would have been, um, I think, would have made this even stronger as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there's a few choices with the writing that could have been tweaked some to really make this movie phenomenal. And, you know, like even something that you walk away from really thinking about and, and mulling over, not in a, oh, this left a bad taste in my mouth kind of way, but in a like, wow, this is, you know, a piece of cinema and it's causing me to look at the world around me and all of those things that we mm-hmm. want movies to do. And instead, it was just like, wow, that was a weird movie. Okay, I'm going to move on. And that's, it's unfortunate because so much of this is so good and it's such a, an important topic and an interesting take on an important topic. I just, I hate that some of these little details uh, didn't come together in the best way to make this as impactful as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Or more progressive disclosure for all of those little details. So that we had time mentally to ruminate on them and then another set is revealed to us and um, it continues to build on those ideas that we're exploring earlier on I think would have been 
also pretty interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Too much too soon. Yes. Yes. And then, yeah, not building on it. It's just kind of, you know, like one, one speed or like one level. And we don't, I don't know, we don't progress. Like you said, like, it's just, we're there and then we're not. And there's not Mm -hmm. a whole lot of evolution or growth that happens. There's no payoff really. Yeah. This is an interesting thought that I didn't, I didn't have, um, until now, which is, I almost wonder if a different title would have made this film also more effective for me. Hmm. Or would have, would have at least um, uh, offered more uh, intrigue and reveal as the film unfolded. You know, like we get very quickly that this movie is about men and the the, the oppression that women have faced and all that kind of stuff. And that the title of this movie is also called Men. Like it, it's just – it's it's very literal um, and obvious. And I wonder if this movie was called something maybe a little bit different and we would have seen the the man who was following her as she went on her walk and then seen the fact that, oh, all these men are played by the same people that she's encountering slowly, a little bit more slowly too. We almost meet all those, you know, five different men so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Had we had more time between each of them to begin to piece this together, I think there would have been – maybe more effort that we as the viewers needed to put in to extract and see that meaning come together. Whereas from the title to the first, you know, um, 20 minutes of this movie where we see the flashbacks, I think the movie almost starts with the conversation with her ex-husband as well. And that whole um, premise is set up there. Uh, We just, we get it from almost like the first 10 minutes of this movie, what this movie is about. And maybe if we had put in more work to get there, um, this could have been also more effective. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea. I I think you're right, and I I think the another piece of this is uh, the trailer too, because the trailer gives everything away as well. Mm-hmm. So I think if you if you don't watch the trailer, then maybe some of these things would take you more by surprise, but because of how the the trailer is like you know it's all Rory Kinnear you know that this woman has watched some someone fall to his death and you know so like you know these little pieces about it already yeah so none of it is surprising none of it is even as intriguing to go along with it's like oh Mm -hmm. yeah no I already knew that this was gonna happen Yeah, yeah I think I think you're right I think that there's probably some some marketing choices that I that could have been different to make this more exciting as a viewer to walk through. Yeah. Like how how ex- interesting would it have been to just have gone into this movie thinking it was going to be you know your classic thriller around a woman who, yeah. who takes a solo trip and oh there's a weird naked man following her. That's kind of scary. There's some other weird things that start to happen and you slowly figure out there's so much more that this movie is looking to tackle. Uh, than just a you know your classic thriller um, of a woman who goes on a solo adventure to a deserted place you know like that that revelation or that moment where you're like oh this is has so much more to say than just giving us some thrills I think could have been really exciting and we need to find out much later on 
her past as well for why all of those events are also particularly triggering, I think also could have made made this really a meaty experience. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think you're right. Because if we would have learned about what happened with her husband, maybe in the middle of the film, like start to piece those things together, we would have had mm. a whole first half of the film to just learn about her separate yeah. from the event. And yeah. then we would maybe be more invested in her. I don't want to say that I wasn't invested in her because I very much was rooting for her, but there would have been something else for me to latch on to rather than grief and mm-hmm. trauma in her. And then we mm-hmm. learn, oh, there's grief and trauma on top of who she is as a person. And then we watch yeah. who she is at the end. Yeah, I think that that would have been a lot more satisfying for that character. And it might, that that ending then might not have felt yes. as depressing because yep. she is more than her grief. Yeah. She is a whole human. Yeah, exactly. I think it also would have made perhaps the moment where she um, – it, it almost feels like she gives up uh, and is, is exhausted mm-hmm. by it all. I think we would have had a lot more empathy because that that revelation around her past trauma would have been more fresh in our minds that we're like, this this is truly a tragedy because this woman has just experienced so much that she can no longer continue to try and resist. And, and this is her way of beginning to accept and try and move forward given the world that she lives in. You know, like I think um, we start off the movie with wanting, just wanting more for her, you know? And we, we spent so much time watching her try to fight. And I think we just have too much of those details too early on. So now I'm wondering if this is like two stories because you have, (laughs) because the, the part of this that I really, really like is so yes, everything we just said, great movie, great way to rewrite it. The other thing that I would like to see and I think this is an entirely different movie is <laughs> um an exploration of that grief and guilt and recovering from abuse because I was fascinated mm. that those interactions with her husband we get to learn more information each time and then we see her kind of battling this like I'm I'm grieving because he's gone, but I was also trying to divorce him. Is it my fault? Did he commit suicide? Did he fall? Like, did I cause this? You know, like all of these mm-hmm. complex things that she's wrestling through. And I think that that would have also been fascinating to get more of, um, which I feel like is a completely different movie now <laughs> that we've yeah. completely re- rewritten this one. Um, and I, I think a lot of those concepts, though, are really, really interesting. Um, and are worthy of exploration, but I don't, I, I, maybe this movie was just trying to do too much. And so then it ended up being this kind of mess at the end that was not satisfying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting point. I actually forgot about the, the questions she was originally grappling with at the beginning of this movie, especially in that conversation she has with the priest around if this was her fault or not and the 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 questions she has for herself on how she's supposed to move on 
carrying this grief or not, or carrying that guilt or not. And that, that, that doesn't really get resolved and doesn't, it's not really explored fully enough after that. Mm-hmm. So I forgot about it until you mentioned it. Yeah. There were some interesting questions she was, she was working through. Right. But it doesn't come to fruition. It's mm-hmm. not expressed uh, in any specific way. It doesn't affect the plot in any way after that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, like, I think that those are interesting questions and are worthy of exploration that this film was uninterested in taking yeah. them to their conclusion. Yeah. Other things that we wanted to mention about this movie. So, okay, one of my other uh, things that I've been thinking about, and I'm not, I'm still working out how I feel about this, but while I was watching, I, I didn't feel great about the only person of color in this film being an abuser. Yes. And that that's all that that same thought. Okay, great. I'm glad that I'm not the only one because I was watching this and like at first I was like, okay, like, yeah, interracial couple. This is great. Yeah. And then like we got more in and I was like, oh no, I'm starting to feel some type of way about this. Oh no. Um, And so I'm still like trying to like work this out. But again, like it's kind of similar to my complaints about Harper. Like I wanted to know more about James and who he is. And uh, know more about him other than the fact that he was manipulative and a gaslighter. You know, that's all that we get from him. And I didn't need to know like a ton more, but I, I wanted there to be something more to his character than just that. Uh, and it was just really painfully obvious that he was the only person of color in this and he was an abuser. And I just, I I was really struggling with that while I was watching and I struggled with that more after watching it. Yep. Yep. I had the exact same thought. Um, One of the things I jotted down in my notes was the decision to cast a black man as her abusive husband question mark. It's not something, I mean, it's, it's a choice that was made and I'm sure they were aware of it. And uh, I just am intrigued what their thoughts on the intended optics of that would be, you know? Um, yeah. Especially especially because of the way that cinema history has portrayed black men in uh, relationship to white women. Like all these films that have portrayed that in a really negative light. You know, the the tropes of a violent black man and the, the innocent, pure uh, white woman are so littered throughout our cinema history that to continue to show that in this film in 2022 feels like someone either uh, just totally did not think about that at all or there was some something they were trying to communicate and it just does not translate well. So I just feel like that was a miss. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think a lot of these, these conversations about uh, – diversity and inclusion and and all of this like they're they're really important and and at first like that's what I was thinking like oh they're just trying to be like inclusive and make sure that this is not just a completely whitewashed film um but I I think that the piece that that sometimes like white people forget is that it's not just 
the inclusion of a person of color, like that's tokenism, but it's allowing people of color to like have a voice and like be able to like point these things out. And so I just, I wonder if there had been like somebody in the production, you know, who was able to go, Hey, actually this is more harmful than good. Uh, right. I, that would have probably been quite helpful, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was just a really bad choice. And he, he does a great job. Good actor, good yes. performance, but just bad casting decisions. Just really bad. Bad. <laughs> Let's not perpetuate uh, these yes. tropes that have already lived on for far too long. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's a responsibility that mm. these creators have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um to break the really toxic uh, representations of people groups uh, with the films that they create. Yeah, it felt like a t- it felt like a miss. It felt like a total miss, especially because he's also the only person of color in this yes. entire movie. Like, yeah, every other man uh, is played by Rory Kinnear. Uh, so even those flavors of men are all white, which also is interesting. Mm-hmm. The Man who is, uh, I think, supposed to represent, like, the original man or Adam or whatnot, this abstracted man, is also white, you know? Uh, So, yeah, yeah, it's not not good. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. There's – yep, not good. This is what not to do. Like, everybody, please take note. Let's not do this again. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I – uh, I'm curious your thoughts on the specific dress that Harper wears in the the final uh, climax climax of this movie. Um, it's you know that this light pink dress that uh, I don't know enough about like fashion styles from you know the 18th 19th century, but um, it's very feminine. There's a lot of ruffles. It's long. It um, it was just such an interesting choice. I think uh, this movie is looking to pitch Harper as this uh, Eve that is this representation of all women. This like she's like this abstraction, um, this symbol. You know the whole apples trope and whatnot. Um, with the forbidden fruit is very like in our face about who Harper is meant to represent. Um. And I just thought that closing choice was was interesting. Again, it was, a, it was another decision that I wondered if a woman were to direct this, if there was a, a different way they would have uh, chosen her costuming. It just is this like uh, classic traditional view of femininity and the style of the dress and the color of the dress and all of that, which um, I'm sure was an intentional choice. And I just wonder if there is um, – Another version of that that would have been a little bit different. Again, perpetuating classic ver- definitions of womanhood and femininity and all that that we've already seen for generations. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's interesting. You know, the first day we meet her, and she, I loved her outfit. The first day, I loved the colors. They were like muted, but really beautiful and they all worked really well together and then it was a great contrast when she's you know in the bright green forest I thought like her her clothing choices for that first day were brilliant great costuming um and then the second day when she comes out wearing a dress I thought to myself 
wow, we vacation very differently. Because <laughs> when I'm on vacation, I look like a scrub, man. Like I just, I'm in sweats. I'm gross. Like I wouldn't wear a dress anyway, but I for sure would not wear a dress on vacation. Like, and then she's like working. So it's like, okay, are you on like a, like a zoom meeting? Like are people like watching you? And that's why you're dressed up. Cause like, why would you dress up on vacation? This makes no sense. So again, I go practical first of like, this is a weird vacation clothing choice, but I, I do agree. And I think it's again, fascinating that this movie that is, you know, focusing on, you know, misogyny and patriarchal attitudes and all of these things has her dressed in a way that makes no sense for the setting, especially if she's like there to grieve and process through things. Like I get that it's like a flowy dress, but like that's a weird choice just for everything she's going through. And like you said, it's so feminine too. It was just, it, it felt again, like a, a choice that did not make sense, um, especially given the subject matter. And then everything we've seen so far in the film, like this dress just did not fit anything about it. And so I was just really bothered anytime I saw her in that dress, which sucks because it's like the whole second half of the movie she's wearing the dress. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was an intentional choice, but again, it felt like the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if there was just a different way to convey that, that is uh, more meaningful. Like, that she is intentional. Okay, so let's. The thing I was thinking about while uh, reflecting on our dress was the way that Promising Young Woman, uh, directed yes. by a female and has yep. really interesting ideas about um, what it means to be a woman and to be strong and to seek justice and all that kind of stuff, it almost takes makeup and the costume choices and and weaponizes them in a really interesting way. There is a uh, really exaggerated femininity that our main character, I forget what her name was, Carrie? Something like oh, that. Oh, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, she wears these like bright colors, these super girly outfits, bows in her hair. And it's this really interesting commentary on these traditional ways of thinking about what it means to be feminine. And we see that contrast with her nighttime persona as she's this like angel of justice but it it it's just there was a there was a little bit more that that emerald finel brought to the costuming choices that felt beyond what we were seeing and i don't know what it is but i just felt like we've the, the creators of this and the choice of that dress puts harper as this almost doll like classic you know, Western ideas of what it means to be a feminine woman and just superimposed it onto this like, you know, woman that we don't know that much about who is supposed to represent all other women. It just felt like such a, a specific box that we've already seen play out throughout history and we're just, we're almost like putting her into it. And I, I think there could have been another way that that dress could have been more symbolic of her um, being this version of what men see her as or what women have often been uh, ascribed to that she is able to to overcome. You know what I mean? Like, um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm articulating this correctly, but 
it's the same, it's a very similar conversation to what we had around this somber ending. Like there's probably a version of that that had more meaning and was um, more purposeful instead of feeling like an, an oppressive force or a box that uh, we have now put this woman in. Yeah. Yet again. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, the more that we're talking about some of these things, the the more kind of angry I get because this this movie is filled with intentional choices. You know, like if you look at the cinematography, like these shots are meticulously put together. You know, the score is so perfect to create tension and create mood and, you know, the coloring and the lighting, like all of these choices were so intentional, like visually and auditorially. But then like any choices related to this female character just feel, I, I don't want to say that they were unintentional, but they, they're just not right. And it's a, it's a different, I, I don't know, it, it feels like some of it was just like, oh yeah, and then we'll have her do this as opposed to like, okay, this really makes sense for this character. And then we want this to mean this. So I'm going to do this. And I, I feel that thought process when I look at some of the shots in the film. But I don't feel that with how Harper was treated, which again, is kind of hilarious and also a shame because this movie is all about treating women better and not gaslighting them and not abusing them you know <laughs> like I don't know mm -hmm. again it just feels like all of these misses around this female protagonist when it it just should have been better this character should have been handled better the choices should have been better you know the same intentionality should have gone into her that went into staging I don't know, the shots in the church and the shots in the woods and all of this. Man, the more that we talk about this, the less that I like this movie. And I did <laughs> not expect this trajectory. I think because it does other parts uh, and aspects of this movie really well. Like, I think that the yeah. way that this movie casts those uh, five or six men in different flavors is really interesting and fascinating. And there's a lot to unpack there and think about. So that's handled well. But yeah, I think, um, I, I feel like they, all these choices around Harper's character were intentional, but they just somehow feel slightly off to me. And I think there could have been choices made that were like in the similar spirit, but perhaps have landed better for me. I don't know why. Like I think yeah. had they put her in like a dress like this, like it's hyper feminine, this Western ideal of femininity, that's a really interesting commentary that this this movie could have chosen to have. But for some reason, I don't feel that commentary. I just feel like we put her into this box. And why is it that I feel that and not this other really interesting idea that the movie has to say about fashion and what, what women are like supposed to wear and these colors that we are associated with, what it means to be girly and you know, like why did I not get that from this choice? I don't know, actually. This is why I'm like struggling to convey this. But um, yeah, it's like it's 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 maybe a, uh, the spirit was right, but the execution just felt like we put we went we went the opposite direction that we were trying to intend, perhaps. I don't know. I, I wonder, like, and again, like we don't know enough about the character, but I think for me, like that dress didn't make sense for this character, mm -hmm. you know, and. 
I, I don't know enough about her to make that assessment though. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it felt wrong. I, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's, it's so hard to describe, but right. it just, it, it feels like the wrong choice. I wonder, and now like I would have to watch the movie again to really pay attention to the dress, but there's sometimes when, when you're watching a movie and you can tell that the actor doesn't feel comfortable in what they're wearing and that mm. translates to the screen, even though they're like acting and they're doing a good job masking that, I wonder if there could also be some of that there as well. I, I don't know. I would have to watch it again and pay more attention. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely felt similarly like this, this feels wrong. I can't put my finger on why, but it feels wrong. Yeah. And not in a good way. Like a lot of things in this movie didn't feel right, but it was the right way of it feeling wrong. This is it feeling wrong, but not to achieve a purpose, I don't think. Yeah. And maybe our perspective on this is also shaded by the the way that this movie ends as well. Yeah. Like there was no triumph for this character. And so maybe that paints a lot of the other decisions in a more negative light. Like here's yet another woman who has been uh, put in this box from a fashion perspective, uh, emotionally, like, you know, in every way, and she's still in the box, which just maybe just feels like it's a cherry on top of this feeling extra frustrating too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. You can't put a finger on it, but yeah. All right. Any other last thoughts about men before we wrap up? Uh, one more thing. Uh, Jeffrey, the first Rory Kinnear that we are introduced to, he wears a pinky ring on his <gasps> left pinky. No way. He I does. did not notice that. He does. And thus, wow. the theory continues to hold. I was so pleased when I saw it. Oh, I was overjoyed. Because oh, he is this kind of bumbling, mm-hmm. sweet, like yep. kind of clueless character mm-hmm. for a while. But he, he too uh, falls in line with the rest of the men of this movie. So. Yep. Yeah. I noticed it nice. like in the middle of the movie. And I was like, oh, Jeffrey, you're going to go crazy. You're going to go crazy and it's going to go bad because you're wearing a pinky ring. Don't let my theory down. And uh, he didn't. So it's great. <laughs> the theory continues to hold. I'm so pleased. We have yet another data point. I feel we like do. we need to like hit a gong or something every time this happens. <laughs> this is a very exciting moment. <laughs> I think we need to give all of the other men in this movie pinky rings as well. Yeah, that, about. Was, that was intriguing to me because I also didn't notice Jeffrey's until the middle of the movie. So we, I didn't oh. have enough time to look at everybody else's pinky you know i i tried but i i just i couldn't get there there's a Um, lot of other things to take in visually i don't blame you a lot happening like wow uh but i after i spotted it i was intrigued like oh does everybody have this but right uh, i i do not have that data to provide my apologies all is well. All is well. If they don't have them, I would like to hand them out personally. Absolutely. As this like badge of evil <laughs> for you. You get one and you get one. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> 
All right. Well, this was our review and discussion of men. As we mentioned, you can find it available still out in theaters. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and is something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our Strategic Whimsy Experiment, and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about men. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic Whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the film Top Gun in anticipation of the new Top Gun Maverick movie coming out soon. We hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you very soon.